Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop. Today, we are exploring the wow factor behind our favourite drinks. We are. We are looking at the drinks that want you to look at them. Starting with some brightly coloured stuff that changes colour when you pour drinks into it. Check it out on Instagram. Uh, I'm Stu. I'm Michael. It's time for a good drop. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, our very first drink is a bottle of ink gin, and it is a nice purple colour, or a more, actually more like violet or indigo. Yeah, yeah, definitely not um, like a, not purple, like per a bluey se. purple. Yes, yeah. and the the like great bottle, nice clean square. It's very has a very classy look to it. And the the real kicker is when you pour, when you mix it with tonic water, it um, when you mix it with tonic water, it turns into a pale pink color. Yeah, it it looks quite uh, impressive, as anyone who's watched the video on our Instagram can attest. Looks mm. quite impressive when you when you do that, and then you're drinking a pink drink. And uh, <laughs> and it's pink, pink ink mm. instead of blue ink. It tastes awesome too. It's very citrusy, a little tart, and yeah, very, very, very nice with the tonic water. Yeah, it certainly is. It's a fantastically balanced flavor, and th- this is an Australian gin mm. uh, from a little town called Tumblegum. Australian towns have challenging names. <laughs> yes, many, many Australian towns have challenging <laughs> names. Like Sydney. Apparently you can't pronounce that right overseas. Uh, anyway, we're talking about the wow factor. What makes you say wow when a bottle of this is brought out? Mm, and I suppose as well, what is it that when you go to a bottle shop and, or I guess for those of you who are in countries where you can buy alcohol at the supermarket or whatever, you go somewhere where you can buy a drink and you're looking to buy a drink, but you don't know what drink to buy. What is it that catches your eye? Which that's which ones are they? Because mm. I mean, that's why they do it. Really, they they do it because they want to catch your eye. They want to draw your attention when you're not sure what you want. Yeah, they're trying to be literally eye catching. Yeah, and sometimes they go for your you know your standard clean lines. Some go for really fancy labels, and some of them go for vibrant coloured drinks. Mm, they do, though uh, some of the more vibrantly coloured drinks no longer exist because they didn't do so well. I'm thinking Venetia. Yeah, they discontinued that January... Well, last I heard, they discontinued it in January 2018. And that was an interesting-looking drink, like a purple sort of opalescent colour. Mm, it had... Uh, what I believe is pearl dust or edible glitter in it. So when you swelled it around, it looked like something from a a, a potion. Yeah, and of course there are other drinks that have things like edible gold dust in them, like the... um, Well, Goldschlager. It's a liqueur from Germany. 
cin- yeah. cinnamon liqueur. You've also got the cinnamon um, vodka by Smirnoff with the gold flakes. It looks yep. so good. Like, it's really... And, yeah, and of course, there's Royal Dragon Imperial Vodka, which not only has gold dust in it, but also has a dragon engraved in the bottle. And I have known people to buy it literally just for the bottle. Yeah. Well, it's an impressive bottle. It is. It's a bottle that you would hold on to and use again later because um, it looks amazing. Supposedly, it's quite a decent vodka as well. It's a it's a small batch luxury vodka that is uh, created in Russia, as you would expect. And uh, yeah, it's it's made in you know old copper pots and five times charcoal filtered and all the things that you want from a luxury vodka. And then they put it in a bottle that has a hand blown dragon inside of it. And stick in 23 carat gold leaf. Wow. Amazing. Uh, I've actually got a, a list of f- um, five five drinks with uh, gold flakes in it. Oh, that's good because there's, yeah. yeah, there's not many. And often, I mean, you're paying a lot for drinking gold. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some of these bottles are just incredible. The gold flakes supreme vodka... Like, the bottle looks fantastic. It's like almost like a typical potion bottle shape or, yeah. a, te- or a teardrop shape. And it's got a, a gold gradient that fades out into clear from the top. And obviously, it's filled with gold. Mm, well, obviously, yes. I mean, yeah. why else? Yeah. There's a, a couple of champagnes, uh, sous vide, that have gold flakes in them too, which just... And that would be fa- that would be fascinating to watch because the gold flakes would dance around with the bubbles. Yeah, they would. That that would be really impressive. I mean, if you wanted to impress your guests at a wedding reception or something, yeah, get a bottle of that. Definitely, just just one though. You don't want to get one for every table. You'd, <laughs> no. It'd be the only thing you could afford to do for the evening. Yeah. So in our in our hunt for the the flashiest drinks, we found a lot of cocktails that make use of the butterfly pea flower because of its fascinating chemical properties. If you remember back to high school chemistry, the pH of, well, the the extract of the blue pea flower is, or butterfly pea flower, is pH sensitive. So the act of pouring in tonic water into this gin, tonic water being slightly acidic, turns it pink. And you would get the same effect by using uh, red cabbage. If you boil some red cabbage and use the juice, you can have the same effect. Except that then you would be drinking red cabbage instead of a fine gin. Correct. <laughs> but it looks cool. Mm. So you could make a fancy-looking soup. Yeah. And Well, I suppose we should talk about uh, some of the more old-school, classically-designed bottles. I mean... Um, that are still very pretty, but are kind of old school in their fanciness and and class. There are certain um, certain bottles of grappa that have a really old fashioned kind of fancy etch design on them, similar to the design on the glasses that we're drinking out of at the moment. Uh, yeah, like that um, crystalware kind of look. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's even. Um, I found a number of liqueurs that have 
uh, almost a decanter-esque appearance to the bottle mm. with that same kind of engraving. If I can remember what the brand is, all of, the, all of their bottles had the same look. And yeah. it was pretty interesting looking. Recording a podcast about visual... Uh, visual aspects of marketing is probably not the best medium, but this is what we have, so we're going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, largely, I suppose, what you want to be sure to do is to remember that just because the bottle looks fancy doesn't necessarily mean it tastes good. That was the problem with Vinique. Yes, it tasted like a weird mix of Moscato and vodka. And a lot of people didn't like it, which I would say is the reason that it got discontinued. Mm. And so, uh, Maraska, I finally found the brand. It was, uh, so Maraska liqueurs have a very old style sort of bottle. And we'll see if Stuart can do a better job of describing it than I did. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Imagine your grandma's... uh, old-fashioned, or your grandfa- grandma or grandfather's old-fashioned glasses. It's got that patterned, that studded pattern on it going all around the outside. Mm, and a glass stopper at the top. Mm. It's not a cork, it is a glass stopper. Which is quite uncommon for, well, definitely uncommon for bottles nowadays. Because yeah, got oh, to definitely. Make I mean, that's the, um, any of the Maraska brand liqueurs is something that I would probably buy just so I had the bottle to use later. Yeah, use it as a decanter. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Fill it with whiskey like it should have been. (laughs) And speaking of spirits, uh, let's segue into cognac because there are... So many fancy cognac bottles. There are so many fancy cognac bottles. It's like a a, a standard for cognac. Like... You you make a cognac, you have to make it in an extravagant bottle. Yeah. I was going to talk about the Remy Martin Louis the 13th. Oh, yes, the one that has actual pewter on the bottle. It's, yeah, it's made from Baccarat crystal. Mm. And empty, the bottle itself is worth $8,000. Bloody hell. <laughs> or four and a half thousand pounds. That blows me away, that the bottle itself is still worth that insane amount of money. However, however... A bottle of cognac, a bottle of that cognac, is possibly worth tens of thousands of dollars, if not more than ten, yeah, probably if, twenty thousand or something. If crazy you can like find that. it, yeah, if you can find it, because I'm fairly certain that's over a hundred and fifty years old. Oh yeah, I mean, it it looks pretty old. Mm, it's got a very old style. Anyway, Napoleon bust brandy, and I mean, as the name sort of suggests. The bottle looks like a bust of Napoleon. Wow. Yeah, not... Oh, right. Napoleon bust. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like Napoleon's bust. It's a bust of Napoleon. I... The the the, the word didn't compute in my head straight off the bat. Yeah, literally a bust of Napoleon. That's incredible. And it's a bottle. Yeah. Uh, Mickle's just showing me a photo of it because I haven't seen this one before. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, like a, a little statue of him. Incredible. Yeah, and there's also a I guess Paris Seduction brandy. Right. 
is uh, another brandy with a fancy bottle. And its bottle looks like the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> like it literally its its wow. bottle is the Eiffel Tower with a lot of detail. Wow. You're right. I kind of want a bottle. Well, Just I mean, for I, the bottle. I don't have room for all these fancy bottles. You know, I, I nearly got a bottle for, for this episode, <laughs> but it's so tall that it well, wouldn't the, fit in my liquor cupboard. <laughs> the, well, the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower is tall. Yeah, I mean, it, it's about the height of a bottle of uh, Sambuca. Okay. So okay. it's it's tall. Hmm. So going a little bit further afield from France, 1800 Tequila has done a series of bottles called Essential Artists. And it's got the standard 1800 tequila bottle shape, but wrapping around the bottles, they've got pictures of... Well, they've got uh, Mexican traditional art. It almost looks like finger painting or kids' drawings. It's got that sort of vibe to it. And this one blew me away. It's called Kukri Triple X Rum. And it is shaped like a kukri, like the knife. Yeah, it's it's a knife bottle. It's a, a knife shaped, a bottle shaped like a knife. It comes with its own stands, so you can display it. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Mm. <laughs> if you're going to buy something in a, a fancy looking bottle, you do want people to see it. Yeah. And of course, that's what they're counting on. They're counting on that you will see it and you will want it because you saw it. I mean, even some of the occasionally silly promotional things... Uh, for the same purpose of these ones that have the bottle looking fancy all the time, Mm. which is, like, at the moment, Johnny Walker is doing White Walker whiskey. Yeah, and I'm sure it tastes great, but they're... I mean, the the whole point of that is they're capitalizing on the Game of Thrones phenomenon. Because it doesn't say Johnny Walker, it says White Walker. Mm. (laughs) Clever. And the whole bottle is white, and the... They've got a picture of the White Walker the, the on The little it, keep they? on walking man is a White Walker, and not... <laughs> and not Johnny. And not Johnny, yeah. Mm. Uh, in I'm just going to read this one directly off the website, because they describe it pretty well. In Slavic folklore, the Baba Yaga is a malevolent person possessing supernatural powers found deep within the woods. Basically a witch. A story told in layers... The liquor bottle's label invites drinkers for a walk in the forest, but once accepted and the label is peeled back, the grinning smile of Baba Yaga is all that remains. You realise you're in too deep, as the makers warn. It'll get you. I can't think of a more perfect metaphor. That's, yeah, it looks awesome. And it's very clever on their part to make the unwrapping of the bottle an experience in itself. Yeah. Yeah, and if you were to buy one and not unwrap it, you'd be a bit disappointed in yourself when somebody then told you. Mm. It would be like missing the end credit scene in a movie. In a Marvel movie? In a Marvel <laughs> Well, some, some other movies have end credit scenes as well. And this bottle of vodka that I discovered is... Like, it, this caught my eye. Because the bottle itself is... A cylinder, a, a square cylinder with a cork in the top. And, you know, it it doesn't look like a bottle. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like a bottle at all. Yeah, and that's that's how, they, how they're standing out. They're making a bottle not look like a bottle anymore. And that is pretty impressive. Hmm. 
I have to admit. If I get can get my hands onto one of these, I would. Uh, it's called One Thousand Acres Vodka, and the original bottle is really nice, but their new bottle is next level. If you can, I I think I'm going to need to put a list of these bottles in the show notes. Yeah, so I, you, I think so. So people can look them up. Yeah, to make it easier for you guys. I and mean, certainly something worth looking up as well is the uh, Milagro Select Barrel Reserve Silver Tequila, Ooh. which um, is a very fancy looking thing. I mean, it's a silver reserve tequila, so it's a good tequila. Yep. But also the bottle has a blown glass agave plant. I guess we've sort of gone way off on but, on, uh, our, on a soapbox about marketing. Mm, but um, while we're talking tequila, though, uh, yeah. we should talk the other tequila that... Because we, we got another drink for this, and you saw it in the picture. Mm. And that is the Mucha Liga Bravo Blanco Tequila. And the uh, Mucha Liga is the tequila personification of the three luchadors, wrestler characters who strive to be the champions of Lucha Libre. And as the style of wrestling is steeped in tradition, so is the tequila in the mask-shaped bottle. Mm. Because, of course, they couldn't just whack on a label. They had to make the bottle look like a Mucha Libre mask. Yeah, they had to make it look like a wrestler's mask. Yeah. A Mexican wrestler's mask, specifically. Mm. And it, you know, it looks all right. Yeah. They've done a pretty good rendition. (laughs) They have. It's it's certainly caught my eye at the shop. Mm. And the, the box it comes in is... Really sets it out. Really sets it apart. Mm, it does. It does indeed. I mean, it's it's a lot bigger than the bottle, but <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess almost because it's very, it's an open box. It's almost like the ring that the wrestler is in. Mm, and a nod to the wrestling ring. Yeah. Mm. It's it's carefully thought out, and I guess that's that's what we're coming to here. That they very carefully think out what they're going to do to try to catch your attention. And draw you to their drink, mm. and I well, guess on on that note, we're gonna pause this and grab the tequila, and let we'll talk a little bit about that, and then go into go more into the psychology of labeling and marketing. Yeah, and we are back with tequila, rolling with the wrestler himself. Yep, with the Mucha Ligre, and uh, it smells pretty nice. Yeah. It's complex and woody. Yeah, it's surprisingly woody for a tequila. Yeah. Um, How much does this go for a bottle? In Australian dollars, anyway. Mm, uh, 60. Okay, so it's it's in the upper upper end of the 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 price bracket. Tequilas, yeah, I'd say the upper mid. Upper mid? The upper end, like your 1800 Anejo, is uh, around the 80 mark, I think. Right. I mean, at $60 a bottle, I'm expecting good things from this one. Yeah, as as am I. So, so go. cheers. Let's just do it in our, in our tiny glasses. In our tiny glasses. Ooh, that's mm. a little rougher than I was expecting. Yeah, but the flavors, like, mm. I mean, it's, it's definitely tequila, and, you know, but then... It's got a complexity and flavor to it that yeah, 
Like behind that initial roughness that comes with pretty much every tequila, the mm. moment you whack it in your face, it's well, it it, it was a yeah, it's like a, a wrestler coming out. It was enough. There was enough burn to for it to announce itself. Yeah, but but then it um then it gave you a good show. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I would uh, I, I would agree <laughs> that it it gives you a very good show, and. Uh, it doesn't pin you to the mat either. I think you you win. You win against this wrestler because it's <laughs> it, that tastes like a win to me. Yeah, I would I would have that one again. So I was gonna say it doesn't. It probably doesn't taste as nice as the eighteen hundred Anyaho, but then I remembered that the Anyaho was more expensive. Yeah, and, and it's a aged tequila. Mm, true. So it's gonna be a bit smoother because aging does that. Yeah, and. More complex in different ways. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that this isn't complex. I'm just saying that it's not that it's not quite as subtle. Yes, I, I, I would agree. This has um, stronger flavors. They definitely, mm. as, as you said, they announce themselves. The yeah. flavors are obviously there, mm. but they are pleasant. Mm. Yeah, and uh, even when it fades into the background, even when it fades into the background and you know the, the lights from the wrestling match are dropping... You still you're left with a fond memory mm. of uh, yeah the, the aftertaste is very pleasant Dro- dropping all of the wrestler metaphors <laughs> yeah. it has a very pleasant aftertaste <laughs> yeah it uh, it left you with a good show left you with a good show and you're right good memories yeah um I yeah I would I would definitely recommend that one again aside from the fancy bottle it's a good tequila but it is. but you're probably paying for the fancy bottle. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And uh, I'm probably keeping the fancy bottle, too. <laughs> Using it as a decanter? Maybe. Makes sense it's to me. whiskey. Makes sense to me. Right, so we threatened psychology about marketing, so I should probably talk about that. Yeah, because obviously there is a lot of psychology to marketing, just like there's a lot of psychology to product placement in stores. Mm. And, of course, the people who create these bottles are very much aware that stores, in order to encourage people to buy things that are different from what they went there for, regularly rearrange the position of their stock. Yes. And that can get frustrating sometimes because you, well, I certainly go go to a shop intending on a targeted strike. And if I have to wander around the whole thing, it puts me in a bad mood. Mm. But if your eye is drawn to some fancy pretty sitting on the shelf... Yeah, that's, well, that's why they do it. Yeah, exactly. Um... Uh, but, for example, wines. You can't really do much with a wine bottle. No, a wine bottle is a wine bottle, and it's basically set in stone what a wine bottle should look like. Yeah, set with hundreds of years of tradition. Yeah, and I guess that's why they put interesting pictures on their labels and come up with interesting names. Yeah, and the 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 style of the label changes to the, the price bracket they're trying to set themselves at. The the more the cheaper bottles are going to try and um, impress you with funny names and um, you know stylish or colorful like, col- colorful bright labels, whereas the more expensive ones usually go more with minimalism. Yeah, minimalistic, classy. Mm. If there's a picture, it's probably a, a shadow or a cutout or something. Yeah, like a silhouette or a, or line art. Yeah, yeah, and. The, the really expensive stuff is just a label with a word on with the word of the the wine and the vineyard on 
Yeah, and like, they just, they know yeah. that you know, and yeah. that's why you're buying it. Yeah, like uh, Penfolds, for example. Which literally just has the brand on it. Yeah, and the the name of the wine and, and the the year. Yeah, of course. And I've got, of course, a few odds and ends that they have to put on the bottle, but it's very, very minimal. There's not much to, not much show that they know they're good. Oh yes, they they know very well that they're good. I mean, like uh, like champagnes. Mm. I mean, some of them are a gold label. They're usually a gold or silver label, but it's still the bottle is very simplistic. Mm. The label never has a picture on it. Yeah, because they they know that you usually buy brands that you already know. A lot of people generally don't explore new brands unless they're new drinkers. Yeah, and with the exception, I suppose, of if they've been recommended something by somebody else whose taste they trust. That's it. That is it. Let's not discount the fact that some of these... I walked past a bottle of champagne today. Actually, I don't know if it was specifically champagne. It was definitely sparkling wine that was a a solid gold bottle. I don't know. Well, solid gold colored bottle. And you've also got the, um, you know, couple of thousand dollar bottle of champagne that's got that Ace of Spades symbol on it. Oh, yes. And that is metal, I think, the the whole thing. Could be. It, no, it, I think that the label, sorry, the label, like it's a, it's a metal shield on it or something. Wow. Like a, a brushed steel label. Yeah. Wow. How about that? I think. I mean, they're expensive, those Ace of Spades. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like $10,000 a bottle or something. Mm, and they've, they've like broken that. it down to the point where the wealthy don't ask for an Ace of Spades champagne. They just, you know, they're, they're not even messing around. They they rock up to their drinking place of choice and they just say five Aces. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're not ordering one or two. They're there with their posse and they're ordering five mm. or six. They're there to impress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you've got that much money to throw around, it doesn't really matter what the bottle looks like. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure we've rambled on for long enough. Thanks for listening, guys. So if you like what you heard, uh, we'd if you haven't already, we'd love you to hit that subscribe button. Smash that like, <laughs> smash that like button. Yeah, smash that like button. Subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Yeah, you can find us on your favorite podcast app as a good drop all about alcohol. We're on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, whatever, wherever else you get your podcasts from. Uh, we're on the social medias. We are. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as a good drop podcast. Yeah, we post there occasionally. You'll see any updates on our Facebook page, uh, fancy drinks on our Instagram. We've got a good old fashioned website where you can share a single episode or Go back through our library and check out a few old ones. You can find us at agooddrop.com.au. And if you've got any questions, comments, if you've got a fancy drink that we didn't mention that you think we should know about, send us an email to agooddrop at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, of course, be sure to tune in next time when we go back to wine and uh, talk all about Sangiovese. Sangiovese. I hadn't heard about this one until I started doing wine research. Yeah, it's it's a very nice wine, but it's it's rare to find it by itself. It's it's one I've uh, I first tasted it in a blend, and uh, we'll talk more about that in our next episode. 
See you next week, guys. Cheers. Cheers.